From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday, the 20th of October, 2022. Good afternoon. Today, we're going to be talking about the resignation of Liz Truss. The events in Westminster last night were unprecedented. Luckily, we've recently released a episode of our podcast, Truss Issues, which you can find on the TLDR podcast YouTube channel, which should be linked below, and on your podcast app of choice. Make sure you listen to it if you're interested in this story. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories. But first, the slow-moving car crash that is Truss's government. Since yesterday evening, the UK descended into political soap opera, and those watching will have witnessed the kind of chaotic scenes in Westminster and outside of Number 10 that hasn't been seen since the Brexit years. Midday saw Liz Truss in the House of Commons for Prime Minister's questions, which was expected to be the most exciting part of the day, but will largely be forgotten. Later, the drama started to begin. It emerged that Suella Braverman had resigned as Home Secretary, making her the second person from Truss's top team to resign in the 43 days since her administration was formed. Braverman, a figure from the right wing of the party who, among other things, wants to cut immigration and increase police powers to clamp down on disruptive protests, was made to resign for mistakenly sending an official secure document from her personal email address, which is a breach of the ministerial rules. While her resignation letter explained this, it was more notable for its blistering attack on the government's direction and the attitude of those leading it. Braverman wrote, I have concerns about the direction of this government. She said the government had broken key pledges that were promised to voters particularly relating to migration. In a not-so-subtle attack on the Prime Minister, she said, Pretending we haven't made mistakes, carrying on as if everyone can't see that we have made them and hoping that things will magically come right is not serious politics. I have made a mistake. I accept responsibility. I resign. Her resignation only increases Liz Truss's difficulties. It's no secret that Suella Braverman has leadership ambitions and is popular with the right wing of the party, who have now seen a Chancellor and Home Secretary that they were aligned with be replaced with Jeremy Hunt and Grant Shapps, two men considered to be more from the centre of the party and who backed Truss's opponent, Rishi Sunak, in the leadership campaign. And things got worse. Earlier in the day, the government's whips office, which is in charge of the party's discipline, sent around an email making clear that a vote on fracking tabled by the opposition Labour Party for later that day would, in fact, be a confidence vote in the government. The motion being voted on called for a total ban on fracking and, if successful, would have guaranteed the Labour Party parliamentary time to bring forward a bill that would actually ban the controversial practice. As the Whips designated it as a vote of confidence, any Tory MP that votes against the government should be expected to have the Whip withdrawn, meaning that they would be effectively kicked out of the parliamentary party. As we got towards the vote itself, Government Minister Graham Stewart declared that the fracking vote was not a confidence vote, moments before the vote itself. When questioned about this, he simply said that party discipline was not his job. So, Conservative MPs literally did not know, as they were voting, whether it was not a confidence vote or if they faced being kicked out of the party for voting against the government. The government ended up winning by 96 votes. 
No Conservative voted against the government, but 32 did abstain from voting at all, likely for a range of reasons. A margin of victory like that should obviously be good news for the government. However, Parliament was thrown into utter chaos when speculation began circling that the Chief Whip and Deputy Chief Whip resigned in anger right before the vote itself, amid the confusion about whether the vote was or wasn't a confidence vote. It was reported that Deputy Chief Whip Craig Whitaker came out of the voting lobby saying, I am f***ing furious and I don't give a f*** anymore. And to add to the chaos, reports began circulating that Whips had physically bullied Tory MPs into the no lobby. Labour MP Chris Bryant was the first to make such an allegation and named Jacob Rees-Mogg and Theresa Coffey among those involved. They deny the claims, but the Speaker is investigating the allegations. As for the government whips, after hours of no one quite being sure if they'd actually resigned, including actual members of the cabinet, it turns out they effectively unresigned after the night of chaos. Then at 1.30am, Downing Street put out a message actually confirming that the vote had actually been a confidence vote, and that all those MPs who failed to vote with the government should expect proportionate disciplinary action. This naturally left Truss in an incredibly vulnerable position. In total, 14 Tory MPs called on Truss to resign, and speculation continued through the day that she may be pushed out or potentially may even resign. We then heard, just after 1pm, that Truss would be making a speech at 1.30. Speculation then began circulating that this was that Truss could announce her resignation. Then, at 1.30pm, the bomb dropped. Liz Truss resigned as Prime Minister. Given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. She confirmed that a leadership election would take place. But interestingly, this will only be a vote of the Tory MPs. The membership will not get a say. There'll be a lot of jostling behind the scenes to try and find a candidate who can unite the party. Some are suggesting it could be Sunak. Others are suggesting it could be Johnson. Perhaps Ben Wallace or even Theresa May. The point is that very little is actually known about how the country proceeds from here. The next Prime Minister will be two leaders removed from the general election and will have no mandate from even the membership of the party. We'll be sure to update you as this situation develops. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. As Ukrainian forces continue to put pressure on Russia's military in Ukraine, Russian President Vladimir Putin has taken action to try and turn the tide. In a Kremlin decree yesterday, he declared martial law in the four Ukrainian regions that Russia recently declared as annexed. These being Donetsk, Luhansk, Kherson and Zaporizhia. Martial law gives the Russian-installed heads of the region greater powers and allows Russia to impose tighter restrictions in the occupied territories. Putin also put Russia on a greater economic war footing. He ordered an economic mobilisation in six Russian provinces, bordering Ukraine as well as the occupied Crimean Peninsula. President Putin also said he was granting regional governors inside Russia more powers to maintain order and increase production. 
He said that the entire system of state administration must be geared towards supporting Russia's so-called special military operation in Ukraine. The US State Department said Putin had resorted to desperate tactics. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. The French government has been accused of authoritarianism after it used its constitutional powers to force the 2023 budget through the National Assembly without a vote. It marks the clearest sign yet of Emmanuel Macron's weakened position in his second term as president. Despite winning re-election earlier this year, the subsequent legislative elections saw his centrist group lose its majority in the National Assembly. France, like many other countries, faces a cost-of-living squeeze that has sparked strikes and protests. French Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne said, We need to give our country a budget, before announcing to lawmakers that the government would use Article 49.3 of the Constitution, which allows a bill to pass through the lower house without a vote. To stop the bill, MPs must pass a motion of no confidence that would force the government's resignation. The pan-left Noops group, which called the move an act of anti-democratic brutality, have filed a no-confidence motion. Meanwhile, the far-right national rally plan on filing their own motion. But with the left and right unwilling to back each other's motions, then attempts to stop the government are likely to fail. Former Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi has yet again caused controversy by claiming that he had renewed his relationship with Vladimir Putin recently and that they had exchanged lovely letters and that Putin was number one among his five best friends. He even said that Putin had sent him 20 bottles of vodka for his birthday and a very lovely letter. In response, he claimed he sent bottles of Lambrusco and an equally sweet note. The Italian news agency of La Presse broke the story by acquiring audio of Berlusconi making the comments. In a rather humiliating statement for Berlusconi, he actually said that I can't personally give my opinion on the situation in Ukraine because if it leaked to the press, it will turn out to be a disaster. Turns out he was right. This is relevant because Berlusconi's party, Forza Italia, has been included in Giorgia Maloney's new right-wing coalition government. So far, Forza Italia has tried to temper the scandal by saying that he was referring to gifts exchanged prior to the war. That's all we have time for on YouTube. And just a reminder, today's episode was brought to you by our podcast, Trust Issues, the channel of which you can find in the comments below, or if you just search Trust Issues in your podcast app, you should be able to find it there. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.